Well, hello and welcome to Ancient Ways for Modern Days. My name is Mike Freeman. I'm the pastor of Valley Christian Fellowship in Longview, Washington. And I'm excited that you're joining us this week as we continue to walk devotionally through every chapter of the New Testament. Now, just a reminder, we're not looking at every verse of every chapter, at least not this go around. What we're trying to do is follow our reading plan and then every day look a little bit more deeply at one aspect of the text. And so today we find ourselves in Mark chapter 3, and I want to handle what is oftentimes considered a kind of a scary passage in Mark chapter 3. I want to handle the passage where Jesus talks about blaspheming of the Holy Spirit. And so why don't you open up your scripture, if you don't already have it open, and let's jump in and let's go ahead and read, starting in verse 22. It says this, it says, And the scribes who came down from Jerusalem were saying, He, Jesus, speaking of Jesus, he is possessed by Beelzebul, and by the prince of demons, he casts out the demons. And he called them to him and said to them in parables, How can Satan cast out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand but is coming to an end. But no one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man. Then indeed he may plunder his house. Truly, I say to you, all sins will be forgiven the children of man and whatever blaspheme, blasphemies they utter. But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will never has forgiveness, but is guilty of an eternal sin. For they were saying, he has an unclean spirit. Now, a lot, lot, of, lot of heaviness in this passage. This is a passage that we, we consider and we say, what, what's going on here? Well, let's, let's just remember what's going on here. Especially in Mark's gospel, Jesus, he is very active. Jesus is, is miracle after miracle after miracle. He's performing all these miracles. He's healing the sick. He's casting out demons. And, uh, and the religious leaders, they're, um, maybe they're a little nervous by the fact that Jesus has such a following, by the fact that Jesus is a threat to them and their popularity or their power. Whatever the motive is, they, they come to the conclusion and they start to explain to others that Jesus is not a man of God, that he does not have the spirit of God in him. Instead, they begin to attribute the miraculous work that Jesus is doing to Satan. They're saying Jesus doesn't have the spirit of God, that Jesus has the spirit of Satan. They're saying that Jesus' work on earth in that moment, it is a satanic work. And Jesus, first of all, he, he kind of goes into the illogical uh, thinking that they're they're having, they're saying, how, how can a house? Jesus says, how can a house be divided? Satan is not casting out Satan. Satan is not working against himself here. He's just showing that, that, that their their complaint is illogical. First of all, their conclusion is not; it does not follow. But then he gets to the spot where he's talking about how they're they are committing an eternal sin, eternal sin. Not, not a temporal sin, 
but but one that is eternal. And what is this sin? This is blasphemy, blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. This sin is is them looking at Jesus in the flesh, watching him perform miraculous works in the name of God. And then even though they're watching it in front of their very eyes, they're saying Jesus is of Satan. This is the this is the eternal sin. I've actually encountered people that have been afraid that they've committed this sin. Years ago, I was sharing the gospel with a man who he was uh, he was a self described Satanist, and he he said, you know, Mike, I have I have uttered words that have been directly just intentional blaspheming the Holy Spirit. He says, so I can never be saved. I can never come to Christ. Here's the deal blaspheming of the Holy Spirit. It is a specific sin in that moment. It has eternal consequences. But for those first century Jews, they were looking at the work of God in the flesh in front of them, Jesus in the flesh in front of them, performing miracles, and they were discrediting it as the work of Satan. I don't think you and I can do that. I don't think you and I have the opportunity because we don't have Jesus in the flesh in front of us. We can't look at Jesus, watch him heal a man, and then say that's the work of Satan. We cannot do that. The closest thing we can do, though, the the, the closest thing we can do to that is, is to hear the gospel message, to hear about Jesus, his perfect sinless life, his sacrificial substitutionary death. We can hear that message. We can hear about his resurrection that was victorious. And we can recognize that he offers the forgiveness of sins by believing in him. We can look at the free gift of grace and we can say no. I wouldn't say that's the same thing, but it's the closest we can come. We, We can come close. When we look at the message of the gospel, we look at the gift of grace and we say, I don't want it. I don't need it. We can, we can cross our arms, we can dig in our heels, we can harden our heart, we can close our mind, and we can say, Jesus is not for me. Because Jesus, the gospel of Jesus, the work of Jesus, faith in Christ is the only way to be saved. See, let's face the facts. Every one of us, we deserve, we deserve the eternal consequence of our sin. We deserve to be separated from God forever. We, we have what's called sin. We have said, I'm going to be selfish. I'm going to do things my way. I'm going to rebel against God. We do this with our words. We do this with our actions. We do this in our heart with our evil and selfish desires. And all of that, all of that adds up to us being eternally condemned. But Jesus, through his death and resurrection, provides a way for us to be completely and utterly forgiven. If we believe in that, if we trust in the gospel of Jesus, we are forgiven. That's why Jesus and the message of Jesus is so important. That's why we return to it over and over and over again. The worst thing we could ever do is help you to be a more moral person and not trust Christ. That, that That would be terrible to do. And so today, as we, as we consider these ancient words, these ancient ways for our modern day, as we look at this story where Jesus, he is being accused of doing the work of Satan, and then he turns that accusation on its head, and he, he explains that those people making that accusation, they're committing an eternal sin. Well, what do we take away from it today? Today, we ensure, we ensure that we don't make the, the closest error that we can to that And we make sure we put our faith in Jesus, the perfect sinless son of God who loves us and who gave himself for us. And that's our ancient way for the modern day.